0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening, and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker.
1: Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin.
0: I'll be interviewing President Trump for the Sunday show this Sunday on Fox for the full hour. Um, Something we've had planned for some time, actually. So we will be talking for the full hour. I know Brother Hannity... Has uh, talked to President Trump and will be airing some very interesting uh, parts of his interview the next few days. Uh, I have not interviewed President Trump yet. But as you know, my focus will be a little different than uh, some of the others. Even though they're great interviews, it's not going to be wrong. It's just going to be a little different. Joe Tacapina is a good lawyer. He's been all over TV dealing with this this Alvin Bragg and um, the only guy really defending Alvin Bragg is John Leibowitz remember who that is Mr. Reducer it's John Stewart that's his real name Uh, I guess he felt the need to change his name Uh, he's a secularist most of them do Joe Takapina is on with Chuck Todd on Meet the Depressed and I'll tell you what's interesting there are Sundays on Life, Liberty, and Levin where we get a bigger audience than Meet the Depressed. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? It's true. Imagine what we would do on a network show. Of course they'd never had me because, you know, they prefer Chuck Todd. Next thing you know, the Cuomo will be on there. Anyway, I want you to hear some of this. Really, to listen to Chuck Todd? What do you think of this guy? Cut eleven, go.
2: But what would he supposed to put in his personal ledger? Seriously, what would he put in his personal ledger? Uh, payment for hush money to um, quiet uh, an affair that I claim I never had, so my family doesn't get embarrassed. Is that what he should put in his ledger? If there's no nothing wrong How with about the what truth? you want your ledger, you keep saying what should be the ledger, Chuck? Should Chuck, it be the truth, Chuck? Chuck. <laughs> That, w- w- would you ever put a four paragraph sentence into a ledger? Chuck, you're being, I, I honestly, I think you're being a little petty when you're looking at this now because there is no filing obligation. You can put whatever you want in your own personal
0: Let's ledger. Let's go down here. Chuck, Chuck, isn't it amazing? This is called a non disclosure agreement. Why would you put anything in your ledger? So, my question to Chuck is meet the the depressed ever signed non-disclosure agreements? Why don't you release them? Chuck, Chuck, I'm not done. Has NBC ever signed non-disclosure agreements? Now Comcast owns NBC. Has Comcast ever signed non-disclosure agreements? Chuck, I'm talking to you. Are you awake? The answer is, of course they have. All of them have. You know, the lawsuit brought by that, that kid, whose name I can't remember, Mr. Producer, at the uh, Jefferson Memorial. remember when they got in his face and they smeared the kid and they brought it? Nicholas Sandman. Whatever happened to that suit against the Washington Post? Well, there's a non-disclosure agreement. How about the suit against CNN? There's a non-disclosure agreement. Oh. Who knew? Well, what's in the non-disclosure agreement well, i don't know now i would say this chuck todd we have two letters from 2008 excuse me 2018 one from michael cohen's lawyer saying michael cohen paid for this out of his own pocket how come you don't mention that to your tiniest of tiny audiences Why? How come you don't mention that Stormy Daniels herself, same time frame, 2018, sent a letter saying that she never had a relationship with Donald Trump of any kind at any time? Why don't you mention that? Or what did you put in his life? How about the truth? Oh, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, that's a good one. You're really good, Chuck. We've invited chuck on here in the past multiple times have we mr producer he doesn't want to come on fillet of chuck we can't have fillet of chuck go ahead
2: obligation that would be one thing if he had taken campaign funds that would be something else this neither of these things happened here so you have a situation where you're looking at either was it a tax deduction yeah. and, they pulled it out of the grand jury because they thought initially it was he was taking a deduction. He did not. And secondly, did he use campaign funds? If he yeah. did not, he used personal funds. And the test again is what he have made that payment regardless of yeah. the campaign? And the answer to that question Chuck is Todd is isn't that?
0: even listening. This is so far over over his head because what Takapino is explaining is federal law. That's what he's explaining. I've known Joe Tacapina. Good Lord, how long is it now? 25 years it's a good lawyer it's a good litigator 25 years i'd say he's explaining to him how the rules work cut 12 go
2: mr trump has described alvin bragg this week as a soros-backed animal said he was doing the work of anarchists and the devil called him a degenerate psychopath And he called him a Soros racist in reverse, saying this is the Gestapo. Um,
0: As his lawyer, do you stand by those comments? Can I can I ask you something, Chuck? By the way, have you ever listened to Joy Reid on your sister network, MSLSD? Have you ever heard the racism spewed out of her big mouth? Have you? Have you ever heard the Holocaust deniers on The View, Chuck? Have you? I'm just curious. How about Al Sharpton? You remember him, Chuck? He works for your network, too. And I don't know. Trump's been called Hitler and Mussolini. It's been called a lot of things. No. But you see, Alvin Bragg He's a Soros guy, and Soros's conduct as a young teenager in Hungary, I believe it was, was disgusting. During the Holocaust, you can look it up. Disgusting. He never gets an anal exam. Chuck Todd has never done a show on Soros. Chuck is very obsessed. With Trump. Go ahead.
2: So, Chuck, as his lawyer, I I, want to dissect this case because it's a case that shouldn't be brought and wouldn't be brought for anyone other than Donald Trump. Let's be clear about that. Does anyone actually think left, right or in the middle that that anyone else will be prosecuted for making a civil settlement in a hush money case with personal funds. Um, Of course not, no one's ever been prosecuted for that. You know, the closest we've come is John Edwards back in the day where a donor paid $900,000 $900,000 um, for his his mistress and, and the child um, to be you know housed somewhere. Um, that case was ultimately dismissed by the Department of Justice after they couldn't get a conviction. And that was with the donor. The distinction here is is so vast, and, and it's clear to anyone, whether you're on, again, if you're a supporter of Donald Trump or detract or don't like anything about Donald Trump, mm-hmm. we should all be concerned as citizens in this country about the weaponization of, of a prosecutor's office. And that is what this is. My, I swear to you, in my yeah. third 22 years as both a prosecutor and a defense lawyer, I've never seen an abuse of discretion like this. Well, you say that we don't know what the charges are yet. We have no idea what the charges are. But I, I go go back well, to: Is it? No it, Would I do you have advise an, I a client? Would you advise a client to personally attack a a, a, a prosecutor like this? I mean, now this is
0: this is amazing to me. To personally attack a prosecutor by calling the prosecutor names. Does anybody remember Ken Starr? What a wonderful human being, he was a dear friend of mine. He was the independent counsel during much of the Clinton administration. He was federal appellate judge. He was a chief of staff at the Department of Justice, a position I would later hold, was the president of a college, Was the dean of a law school, remember the names that he was called the threats made against him by the Clinton war room you remember the attacks by Stephanopoulos and Carvel and all these people day in and day out do you remember the brutality from the media NBC ABC and CBS against Ken Starr and even worse how they hung out at his home every time he would leave his house and chase him down said the most vile things about it. Remember that? Alvin Bragg hasn't even come close to the kind of abuse that Ken Starr received from the likes of the Democrats, their surrogates in the media, NBC among them. Do you recommend it? Donald Trump is, faced, is facing four grand juries. He's faced five altogether. He's been under criminal investigation before, with no crimes. They have his federal tax returns. His family has been up and down the criminal justice ladder for doing nothing. Alvin Bragg's office had already dropped this case, picks it up again, Because of an unethical deputy DA prosecutor who comes into the office for no pay for the purpose of getting Trump. You have an attorney general in Albany who's out to get Trump. I could go on and on and on. And this idiot, this ass, Chuck Todd, he says, do you recommend him attacking the prosecutor this way? No, no, he ought to just sit silently and take it, Chuck. That's all. Just sit silently and take it. Isn't that what everybody does? Go ahead,
2: You know, Chuck. I know. I, again, I'm not his social media consultant. Um, I, I don't. I think that was an ill advised post that one of his social media people put up, and he quickly took down when he realized the rhetoric and the photo that was attached to it. But that. Being You're said, only referring I, to the I, baseball bat. He didn't take down the other rhetoric. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
0: You're. Referring wait to the- a minute. Wait a minute. He needs to take down all his rhetoric. He needs to clean up his act. He cannot come out swinging. No, no, no. Just because people have said things about him, continue to say things about him, and want to stick him in prison, just because everybody virtually, except John Leibowitz, everybody has said that the case in Manhattan is a disgusting politicization of the criminal law process, he really shouldn't call names, you know shouldn't go way 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 he didn't take down the names he didn't stop accusing this is what why nobody watches meet the press anymore it's not like it was in the great days of joel Spivek. where it was like 20 25 years old where everybody wanted to go on meet the press everybody would watch it on sundays it was a serious show He's turned it into a, a, a clown show. He's turned this into a, uh, a, a joke. These are not the right times of question, types of questions, if you want to get to the bottom. And yet they continue, continue to push it and push it and push it and push it because they think it's going to help their ratings. It's not. It's not going to help their ratings. You think it was okay, Chuck, when Joe Biden worked with racists and segregationists to keep public schools segregated, do you? I'm just curious, because you've spent no time on that whatsoever, and he's actually the President of the United States. How much time did you spend with Tara Reid, who accused Joe Biden of molesting her? Really, seriously? I mean, you're worried about this nondisclosure agreement, how come you're not worried about that? He's sitting in the overworld. How come you're not worried about big issues? Like how Joe Biden is compromised by the communist Chinese, which puts each and every one of us in danger. This is why nobody watches Meet the Press or the other, the other phony shows. And they all sound the same. They all talk the same. They all do the same thing. Mark
1: Levin. Mark Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin.
0: One of the things that happens in totalitarian regimes, whether it's communist or fascist or something in between, and I might add one of the things that happens in this country with Democrats is they always talk about policies that will do X, Y, Z. Whether it's nationalizing health care, whether it's climate change, that in the future this will happen, in the future that will happen, in the future this will happen. Promises. It's a pretty good shtick. Gets them a lot of votes, a lot of support, and a lot of power. But the only way to actually know if what they're saying is to occur, Mr. Producers, what? Is to get it done and then wait, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And their answer to that always is because the vast majority of time it doesn't work is we need to do more. More government, more centralization, more redistribution, more rules, regulations, laws, more taxes, more interference in liberty. And so everybody should be on Medicare. Well, that'll destroy this. No, it won't, says Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden says we need to outlaw assault weapons. There's literally no definition for an assault weapon, because anything could be an assault weapon. Even a musket can be an assault weapon. Even a stapler can be an assault weapon. An automobile can be an assault weapon. There's really no definition. So the Democrats have succeeded in controlling, once again, as we talk about here, the language. What law exactly would we pass, and I've been saying this for 21 years on the radio, what law exactly would we pass to prevent what just took place in Nashville? What law? I noticed some backbenchers have picked up this point. It's a smart point. They ought to repeat it. What law would have prevented this? No law would have prevented this. In 1994, Joe Biden likes to talk about how he passed the federal assault weapon ban. That was the name given to it. It was actually the brainchild of Dianne Feinstein. In 1994, he was a co-sponsor. And they took a bunch of weapons, they called them assault weapons, semi-automatic weapons is what they are. But nonetheless, some of them look like military weapons. A whole list of them. And the Congress passed it and Bill Clinton signed it. Joe Biden goes around saying and it worked. In the study he cites, I actually looked into this today. Is one that was touted by mother jones a radical left-wing magazine with radical left-wing ideologues. the rand corporation would later do a study they're a very highly respected research organization they said it had no effect the department of justice conducted its own investigation and it said no effect to minimal effect There were other studies that were done that found the same thing. So they cherry-picked their studies. And they tell you that had this enormous effect. problem is it didn't. What was happening is when they banned all these weapons on list A, Mr. Producer, people used weapons on list B that weren't banned they weren't banned so that's just not an answer to this so if we want to protect our children it didn't protect them after 1994 and when that law lapsed 10 years later i recollection it was a 10 year law with a lapse it didn't protect them then Now, Joe Biden's there in North Carolina, and he knows nothing about weapons or bullets. He knows nothing about security. And he says, in part, this cut, three, go.
3: Overwhelmingly, a majority of gun owners agree we have to do something.
0: But I agree we have to do something. The question is, what are we agreeing that needs to be done? Go ahead.
3: Gun owners agree. This, there's a moral price to pay for inaction. Last year, we came together to pass the most significant gun safety legislation in 30 years.
0: Well, why didn't it stop? This mass murder. If it was that significant. Go ahead.
3: We got it done. And don't tell me we can't do more together. So I again call on Congress to pass the assault weapons ban.
0: So you see, pass the assault weapon. We just passed some kind of gun control, right? But now we need to pass the assault weapons ban. And what are assault weapons? We don't know. Semi-automatic weapons? You can't buy automatic weapons. That's been outlawed for over half a century. That said, if you can go to the Treasury Department and try and get one, but it's very, very unlikely. So people aren't running around with machine guns and that sort of thing when they talk about, oh, military weapons. And most people don't have military weapons. Go ahead.
3: This should not be a partisan issue. It's a common sense issue. What is matter. a
0: common sense issue? That the White House should be protected, that Congress should be protected, that every federal building should be protected, every state building should be protected. But our schools shouldn't be protected just think about this think about this go ahead why do
3: I keep saying this if it's not happening because I want you to know who isn't doing it who isn't helping to put pressure on them. you know I know you see on television it's not just merely the the weapon in terms of its that it's semi-automatic in effect but the velocity with which it comes out of that muzzle, what it does when it hits the body—most bullets would go just straight through and out, leaving But it blows up once it's inside your body.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hold on a second. There are different kinds of bullets. There are bullets that just go through the body, and there are bullets that expand as they go through the body. We call them hollow point bullets. you might say, well, that's horrific, those of you who don't understand. Do you know why police officers use mostly hollow-point bullets? Not simply because they're deadly. They do not want a bullet to pass through one person and hit another person. That's one of the main reasons hollow-point bullets were developed in the first place. Because you can hit the target, but you might also hit other people. That's why I'm assuming the police in Nashville who killed the mass murderer would have preferred to have the hollow points, not just for the bullets to be deadly. But what if she were standing there with children behind her? The bullet could pass through the person, which it easily does, because your body is mostly water. The bullet could pass through the person and into one, two, three little kids. He has no idea what he's talking about. None. He's got shotguns. Great. He never has any idea what he's talking about. So we ban all these weapons. And they're still not going to be happy. You want to know why? Because there's hundreds of millions of weapons out there. And people will sell them and other people will buy them. And then they're going to want to step in and put an end to that. Then they're going to want to put an end to the grandfathering of weapons. It's always ratcheted up, 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 up. Because it's not going to work. It didn't work in 1994 to 2004, and it's not going to work now. Secure the buildings. As we know from this latest horrific episode, one of the buildings was more secure than another. So the killer chose the building that was less secure. How many of you have alarm systems and you put the signs out or you put the stickers on your windows and your doors? We you have lights that go on if somebody motion lights approaches your home, floodlights, what have you. Because if a would be burglar or rapist or killer, he sees that in a house, he goes to the next house. That's what the studies show. That's why you do those things. Or you leave a light on the house or several when you're not around or radio or TV. Same thing. If they think people are in the house more times than not, they'll go to the next house. Although it's not perfect, the same thing applies to facilities. This school was in a gun-free zone. A gun-free zone. So the killer knew. And plotted. It's not the fault of the school. It's a private Christian school. It's the zone that's created by ordinance. Gun-free zone. Except for the killer. She had guns anyway i hope you better understand now why bullets are different and then finally david roush tennessee bureau of investigation is a press conference cut six go
1: again
3: i, I want to uh, echo what chief has said uh... In reference
4: to the great support uh... and the great teamwork that has been taking place here and um, a- as well as uh... sending our, our heartfelt prayers uh, to, the, to the families, to this community uh, of these victims. Now, I, I know there'll be people who want to criticize us for prayers, but that's the way we do that in the South, right? We, we believe in prayer, and we believe in the
3: power of prayer. And so our prayers go out to these families.
0: Amen to that. And may God look over these children and those three adults and their suffering families. Then John Pierre on the morning Joe today. This is just appalling. MSNBC, NBC, Comcast, that whole lineup is just a disgusting disgrace. Cut seven, go.
5: Here's the thing, what we will say, what I will say to Republicans in Congress is what are you going to say to these parents?
0: You see, you see, it's the fault Of the Republicans. This is the way totalitarian propaganda works. If they just would have done what we told them needs to be done. If they would just do what we want them to do. Those children would be alive today. Really? And how about all the children and others who've been murdered from illegal aliens coming across the border on your watch? And raped and molested. And the children sold into sex slavery. Is that on you, Jean-Pierre? Is that on Biden? How about all the fentanyl that's come over the border and slaughtered, give or take, 100,000 Americans, most of them young people? Is that on you? Yeah, that is on you. For not following the law. But the idea that congressional Republicans are to blame every time somebody is murdered because they won't pass a law that the Democrats insist on of the sort that they passed 30 years ago and didn't work. You should despise these people for how they conduct themselves and how exploitive they are. Because God knows I do. Mark Levin.
1: You're listening to the best of Mark Levin.
0: You know, it's a sad day. It's been a sad couple of days, given what's taken place and all. But we can't be totally glum, can we? Chin up. Smile. Alejandro Mariakas is the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. He was the deputy secretary under Obama. He's the secretary under Biden. You can see the ancestral relationship. Or even the incestuous relationship. Between Biden and Obama and their staffs. Uh, Staff infection, if you ask me. So all the radical commies that were in the Obama administration have gotten bigger jobs in the Biden administration. They're running circles around this nut. But there was a hearing today, and Ted Cruz, boy, when he's on his game, there's nobody as good. There just isn't. So I thought you'd enjoy this. You ready? Cut 16, go.
5: Is there a crisis at our southern border?
0: Senator, uh, there is a very significant... That, that's a
5: yes or no question. There's a very significant it, Is there
0: a crisis? Senator, there's a very significant I, challenge. I think your microphone is not on. There is a very significant challenge that we are facing. Yes or no, is there a crisis? I believe I've addressed that question. So you're
5: refusing to answer?
0: Senator, uh, there is a very significant challenge. and Will you answer if there's a crisis? Therefore, we are dedicating the resources. Okay, so you're refusing to
5: answer. Well, Secretary Mayorkas, I'll tell you someone who is willing to answer, which is your and President Biden's chief of the Border Patrol in a sworn deposition in July of 2022 when asked, would you agree, Chief Ortiz, that the southern border is currently in crisis? Answer, yes. Notice, none of those wiggle words, none of that equivocation. One word, one syllable, yes. Are you willing to speak with the same clarity as Chief Ortiz? Is there a crisis at our southern border? Yes or no?
0: Senator, I'm very proud to work alongside. So you refuse support. to answer. God, these guys are unbelievable, aren't they? you do. I'm a work alongside, do? But there's more. Cut 17. Go.
5: How many migrants died in
0: 2022 Um, uh, at our uh, approaching our southern border? Yes. Precisely why we are seeking to. So you know the answer. Do
5: you know how many died? I do not. You do not. Of course you don't. I know how many died. Eight hundred and fifty three. That is eight hundred and fifty three. And by the way. Here are the numbers that have died every year. You go back to 1998, you see it's consistently between 300 and 400, 304 to 300 and 400. Suddenly, 2021, what happens? You get in office, and that red line are dead bodies. I've been on the Rio Grande, and I've seen dead bodies floating there who've drowned because of your refusal to do your job. You don't even know how many have died. What do you say to the Texas farmers and ranchers who find pregnant ladies dead on their property, who find toddlers dead on their property? What do you say to them?
0: I say that is why, precisely, we are taking it to the smuggling organizations. But you are not. Number that two, is simply not
5: true. Number two, it is l- l- why l- we l- are l- l- Let me read from the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal two weeks ago ran an article entitled, It's Like gra- a Graveyard, Record Numbers of Migrants Are Dying at the Border. The story begins with this chilling line, quote, Eagle Pass, Texas. Local officials keep a refrigerated truck to hold the bodies of migrants who drown in the currents of the Rio Grande while trying to cross the border into the U.S. Mr. Chairman, I ask unanimous consent that this article be entered into the record.
0: You take any responsibility for that, Biden? Because you are responsible for this, Biden. talk about gun control. He talks about Nashville. All these people dying on the southern border, suffering, being abused and raped and sold into sex slavery, the drug cartels, the drugs coming across. It is chaos. It is anarchy on the southern border. Anarchy. And it reaches into all of our cities and all of our states. And you've got this this mannequin sitting here, they just wind him up. Well, Brandon Judd is the president for the National Border Patrol Council. And he was at the hearing today. And here's what he said in response to Representative Eli Crane on the House side. Go. Can
4: you briefly describe some of the most detrimental policy changes that current administration has put into place? When you look at the, the main magnet that draws people to cross our borders illegally is whether or not they're going to be released into the United States. Right now, nearly everybody that crosses the border illegally, if they're not expelled under Title 42, which is only about 30 percent right now, then they're released into the United States. That's the main magnet that, that, that drives people. And he has he has put that, if, if you will, he's put that on steroids. Does it bother you on a personal level to see these uh, changes uh, made? It does, because it, I know that we can't properly protect the American people with these policies. Yeah, one of the things that was covered earlier, sir, was uh, the attrition rate in the Border Patrol. And your professional and um, longstanding position in the Border Patrol. Do you think that has anything to do with Border, Pat- Border Patrol agents feeling like, it doesn't even matter what they do. It does. I speak with agents on a regular basis that, that are leaving the agency because they know that they can't do the job that they, that they wanted to do.
0: Moore Brandon Judd, president for the National Border Patrol Council at this hearing with Dan Bishop. Representative Bishop, go.
3: So I fully agree that we need to not rob resources from a particular place in the border to go elsewhere. But then the ranking member's opening statement suggested that the issue is Republicans won't support enough resources. But it seems to me that is in general with respect to the open borders policy the Biden administration has pursued, the way they've converted everything into processing people into the country faster. If we do, if we apply more resources in general, we're just going to process people into the country faster. And it's not going to secure the border or bring, make it more orderly. But what do you say about that?
4: No, that's that's absolutely correct. And when you look at uh, what he's proposed, um, 300 new agents, that's a drop in the bucket, especially when we're losing agents at a six point eight percent attrition rate right now. Again, it's just absolutely unsustainable. We cannot send agents from the northern border, to the southwest border and expect to keep um, control of the northern border.
0: And this is what Biden does. Takes oil out of the strategic petroleum reserve that's for emergencies, mostly for the military, if we go to war. And drains it. Has no intention of replenishing it. Takes the funds out of the highway trust fund. The highway trust fund is now broke. There's nothing in it. Uses up what, what oil and gas that he permits to be developed and pumped and refined. Don't worry, in 10 years we won't need any of it, he says. Like he knows. He knows nothing, this guy. He's a know-nothing. And here we are on the border, which he controls 100% in terms of uh, the ability to do something about it. And he won't do anything about it. When they say the Republicans won't support resources to secure the border, what Biden is proposing is a few hundred more, a few hundred more people to process the paperwork for people to come into the country. Not armed border patrol. And there's nothing in there for the wall. It's not even a joke. It's, it's pathetic. And this is why I want you to know this. Because it affects every corner of this country. Now, for the first time ever, The northern border is being used for illegal immigrants to come into the country. New England is begging for security on the northern border. New England! Can you believe it? The goofball, the uh, governor of New Hampshire, uh, Sununu, Chris, Chris, sit down, you're all worked up. Chris, too much sugar against Chris. And by the way, what is it with these guys, I'm being honest. I speak as a a, a hair-challenged individual, Mr. Producer, on the top of my head. A phallic-challenged in, individual. What is it with these guys that start their parts at their ears, Mr. Producer? Do they not know we know? It's Chris Sunuta, it's a like his daddy, combs his hair over. It's a, come, don't do it. It looks stupid. Mark
1: Lovin. The great one makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin.
0: Uh, The media is still full of the uh, gun control advocates. They think they know what they're talking about. They get louder and more obnoxious. They think they are superior morally. They're self-righteous. They're really disgusting. Let me give you one basic fact. I looked this up as I look up so many things before I come on this program. From the Pew Research Center, pewresearch.org, this came out in September 2021, the latest data on guns and gun deaths in 2020. So let's take a look at this. I'm going to start with one figure that I think uh, kind of puts the end of the argument about, oh, we're going to uh, have a new federal assault weapons ban, and that'll fix everything. In 2020, writes Pew, handguns were involved in 59% of the 13,620 U.S. gun murders and non-negligent manslaughters for which data is available, according to the FBI. They keep talking about assault weapons, particularly these AR-15s. Rifles, the category that includes guns sometimes referred to as assault weapons, were involved in 3%. 3% of firearm murders. Gunshots, 1%. The remainder of gun homicides and non negligent manslaughters, 36% involved other kinds of firearms or other classified as type not stated. So for the types that are stated, rifles, Were involved in three percent, quote unquote, assault weapons. If you go back and look at the federal assault weapon ban from 1994, went on for 10 years to 2004, and it lapsed. You'll see the same results. It had virtually no impact on murders. Biden and the Democrats and their media mouthpieces keep citing. What is a report that was pushed by Mother Jones, a radical left magazine, made up of people who basically despise our country as far as I'm concerned. It's an outlier. Rand did a study. Department of Justice did a study. Others have done studies. And they all uh, point to the same conclusion that the 1994 so-called federal assault weapons ban had a negligible impact on murders. And yet there they were in the media all morning, all morning telling us that Congress needs to do something and that the Republicans, you need to campaign against Republicans on gun control. And as I said yesterday, the problem here, ladies and gentlemen, is if they keep chasing this issue, we'll never be able to protect our children, period. We just won't. We will not be able to protect our children. It also turns out that the killer in Nashville did not use an AR-15. She used a modified rifle that used mostly 9mm and and uh, and, 9, excuse me, 40 caliber bullets. Typically that's for a handgun. But I'm not going to get into the weeds on this stuff. It just amazes me that we... That we support more police, more armed, trained individuals to protect our members of Congress, our Supreme Court justices, our federal courthouses, the White House, governor's mansions, state houses, federal buildings, state buildings, and on and on down the list. But when it comes to kids, we don't want schools to look like prisons, they say. That's what Biden said. It took 14 minutes for these brave, efficient, fast police officers in Nashville to get into that school and to kill the murderer. And that's as fast as you can do it. If you don't have armed police on the site. I don't want to hear anymore that it costs too much money. It doesn't cost too much money to put porno books in school libraries. It doesn't cost too much money to pay teachers to stay home during the pandemic. It doesn't cost too much money to push CRT to pay half a million dollars to a CRT director over 18 months to push clients. For the left, money is no issue, except when it comes to apparently protecting our children. Now, this was not... Again, I repeat, this was not discussed on virtually any morning show today. Instead, we had people wringing their hands. When will we as a country fill in the blank? When will we as a country fill in the blank? When you blame everybody, you're blaming nobody. And God forbid if it crossed their lips to say this was a Christian school that was targeted by a transgender individual people want to know what happened that's what happened that's correct that's what happened they're falling all over themselves about how they misidentified this person the New York Times USA Today corrections apologies what do we do what do we do a biological woman who identified as a male They had said a biological woman who identified as a woman, a biological woman who identified... They trip over their own idiocy. Whatever the identity is or was, that's what happened. And six people died who didn't have to die. And Joe Biden's out there. Yesterday's mocking it. About ice cream, Joe Biden is going to go to the memorial service, I think it's tomorrow. I wonder if she'll bring her chocolate chip ice cream with her that Joe Biden was so focused on the other day. And I might add, ladies and gentlemen, that used to be the job of the vice president to go to events like this. But obviously, Joe Biden thinks she's more qualified or better positioned to do it. We have the statistics. But the left doesn't really believe, ladies and gentlemen, in science and knowledge and data. They pretend they do. You, you see, you're the ones who are ignorant. You're the ones who don't believe in science. You're the ones who don't believe in knowledge. They do. The administrative state is all about expertise, expertise out of the bureaucracies, really. Have you been in a bureaucracy lately? Have you met many of the people there? They're there for life. There's some very bright, hardworking people in the bureaucracy, but then there's zombies. Some of the dumbest people you'll ever meet. Experts in being dumb and pushing paper. And retiring in 20 years and getting lifetime pensions and lifetime medical coverage. And that, I guess they're smart. Then they move to tax-free states like Florida, Tennessee, or whatever. Take advantage of conservative states, but that for another day. Science. Knowledge. And the left is busy pushing the opposite. Democrat Party used to push eugenics as science. Now it pushes abortion as science. That's right. How many times did I say to you that Dr. Fauci was never asked, not even once, as he went on endless TV shows pretending to be Susan Rice? Is it a life, Dr. Fauci? What are you talking about? Right before birth, is it a life, Dr. Fauci? Or is it a choice? Yes. Yes. By the way, Sid, what a weasel. What a weasel, Sid. Sid knows who he is. Mark
1: Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin.
0: Well, obviously, I wasn't here yesterday. I did call in. My man, Ben Ferguson, was here. He's terrific out of Memphis. I'll tell you where I was and what I was doing. I was at mar a for almost the entire afternoon. I spent two hours interviewing President Trump for Life, Liberty, and Levin. Two episodes. And uh, it really was a fantastic interview, not because of me, because of him. Uh, And he went very deep into issues, policies, principles, belief systems, extraordinarily presidential. Because he has a fantastic new book coming out, Letters to Trump. And what's fantastic about it is you won't believe what some people wrote to him. And there's scores of letters in there over the course of his lifetime. And he and I, we use the letters as a jumping off point to discuss These individuals and and news, Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery, Richard Nixon, the Queen of England, Barack Obama, and on and on and on. And he's a very kind man. He was a very nice man. He gave us all this time. And you know, I do interviews a little differently on Fox, as most... And I actually let him speak, because I believe he can learn a lot if you shut your mouth and you listen. Otherwise, why have a guest? When it was over, he said, uh, I want you to come to dinner. I said, all right. We're having a wonderful event here. He said, really, two great musicians, and they were great. And again, uh, just a fantastic host. And so I left, because about 5 p.m., give or take, and I decided to take a drive along A1A, the ocean. And uh, our home, we live about 20 miles north. I didn't go home, but I decided to take a drive. I like to take drives. Obviously, my wife was back in Virginia with the new puppies and so forth, and I very much wish that she had been with me, and she does too, but we couldn't. We had to split our time. But I kept her informed. We talked often every day. And so as I'm driving, I get a call from a friend. He tells me, I just heard, and not on the radio... From the president's lawyer in a text that he's been indicted. And I have to tell you, I got sick to my stomach right there. It was a blow to the gut. I'd just been with the man. Was in a fantastic mood. Did a fantastic interview, which you will see in the next few weekends. Not this Sunday. I'll explain what I'm doing this Sunday. And uh, I contacted the folks in mar a Largo about a half hour later. I said, you still want me to show up at uh, 7 p.m.? They said, absolutely. president wants to see you. Eventually, I circled back, went back to Mar-a-Lago. Um, he's got fantastic supporters who started to gather with flags. And I went in and uh, sat down in an ante room next to where the main dinner was going to be with a friend and uh, people were applauding so that was obvious the president had entered. It was the president and the former first lady, Melania. And uh, I was invited to sit at the table. There must have been 300, 400 people there. This was an event that had been planned a long time ago. It wasn't a party for him or anything like that. It's for the members of the club. The members of the club are serious people. From all kinds of industries, professions, backgrounds. People of significant success. In the meantime, I was being asked to go on virtually every show that Fox had. And I called my buddy Hannity, who had contacted me, and we couldn't get a truck out there. So I said, I'll do the interview by telephone. So I left there around nine. And on the way home, I did the interview from the car on my cell phone. That interview is posted on Mark Levin's show, Twitter, Getter, Parler, and True Social. And all over the world, I guess. If you care to hear it. And of course, our dear friend Ben, who was uh, filling in, Ben Ferguson, who does a great job. Great constitutional conservative. I called into our program, this program. Um, and immediately at the top of the hour, spent about 20 minutes discussing with you all what I thought about this. That's the long and the short of it. Now this Sunday, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, it'll be one of those occasions, which is fairly unique, if not rare, where I do the entire hour by myself. I didn't need any guests. I know what I have to say about this. And it's not just the law, it's bigger than the law. The law has been destroyed. It's no longer about the elements of the law and the level of proof. It's about more than that. It's about tyranny. It's about a totalitarian Democrat party that would win at all costs, punish its opponents, shut down speech. Monitor the citizens and other police state tactics. Count me among those who does not believe to this day that there's any way Joe Biden got 80 million votes legitimately. I don't believe it, I'll never believe it, and I'll go to my grave never believing it. Massive, massive turnouts for Joe Biden, I never saw it. And now, the use of the criminal justice system by the Democrat Party in this administration to go after families, parents, to go after people who believe in life, to go after thousands of people who attended the January 6th protest but were not violent in any way. There weren't 2,000 people who broke into the Capitol violently and attacked police. They're trying to pick up anybody they see on any video that anybody shows them or tells them about. I'm just sick and tired of it. I've had enough of it. The reason they're going after Donald Trump is the reason why they've tried to destroy the Supreme Court and pack it with ideologues as Stalin would do. It's the reason why they want to pack the United States Senate with four more Democrat senators, as Stalin would do. It's the reason why the Attorney General of the United States uses the power of the law to shut down opposition, to squelch speech, to intimidate and threaten people, as Stalin would do. It's the reason why the borders open to change the nature of the citizenry in this country, People coming in that have no attachment whatsoever to the Constitution, to the Declaration, or American history, as Stalin would do. The centralization of the economy, the degrowth movement, the destruction of energy independence, for climate change, which is a front for economic socialism, to create want, to create poverty, to create need. To create inflation, to create debt, to create shortages, and supply line problems, as Stalin would do. But this is different. This is, as I say, crossing the Rubicon. If you do not have a just law and attempts to equally apply it, you don't have a free country. It's that simple. The Constitution doesn't matter. Statutes don't matter. Nothing matters. Now you're dealing with brute force. And that's what the Democrat Party is about. Brute force. You can hear them. You can watch them. You can see their entertainment clowns. On late night. You can see their racists and their anti-Semites. And they're tyrants and they're totalitarians. On MSNBC and CNN. On the pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post. On NBC, ABC and CBS. They're all there. You can see how they've destroyed the media. So now we have an American Pravda. That supports whatever the Democrats do and however they do it. And attack dogs against the Republicans. Particular conservatives, and especially Donald Trump and his supporters. The Democrat Party is not happy enough with controlling virtually all the instrumentalities of the culture and the government. Now it wants to select who the Republican nominee for president will be. Who do you think the Democrat Party wants? Chris Christie? Asa Hutchison? Chris Sununu? It's about right. The good old days of the Ford Bush presidency, because they can roll these people. And they know these people will respond to their surrogates in the media and buckle on bended knee. Once in a generation, or maybe once in several generations, somebody or a couple people come along. We're truly unique. Individuals who are presented to us. We don't know why, we don't know how. Maybe God does it. But they're presented to us. To help us. To help save the country and the republic. Our constitution and our liberties, When the elitists and the mob. Get together to smother us. Donald Trump is a unique figure. And he will be a unique figure in history. Not for the reasons the media and the phony historians would say. For the opposite reasons. He came along at exactly the right time to blunt what Obama had done to this country, to prevent an Obama third term through Hillary Clinton. Man who loves his country. He's a conservative by common sense, not ideology. Securing the border, building up the military, a sound dollar. constitutionalists on the court deregulation tax cuts to grow the economy he confronted the communist Chinese fascistic Russians Islamo-Nazis in Iran he wasn't cut and run wasn't an isolationist or pacifist used common sense he outmaneuvered the enemy They didn't know what to make of him. And every step of the way, the totalitarian Democrats, the Pravda media, and the backstabbing Republicans tried to cripple him. Two pathetic impeachments, a criminal investigation. Now they have four or five grand juries. Washington wants nothing to do with them. They want to put him in prison. They want to send a message.